Welcome to Solitude, a podcast for women ages 40 and older, hosted by Ann Calcutt and Shelley Roy. As life coaches, we believe that thoughts create your sense of self and enrich well-being. Stay tuned for tips and stories on how to thrive after divorce, career changes, difficult relationships, and transitions. Our goal is to help you live authentically through mindset practices. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you can't tell, I'm somewhere different than I normally am. Good morning, it's Shelly and... It's Ann. Good morning. <laughs> yes, I'm in my happy place. And I'm going to share with you all exactly where I am in just a second. I will... I don't know what you did this morning. One of the podcasters I love to listen to is Megs Colleen, and she talks about, she starts very serenely about, tell me about your surroundings, where are you, how to pay attention, to breathe deeply, and she uses it as a way to move into her show. So um, I'm sitting with a cup of really good uh, green peach tea, warm so you can tell I'm not in Miami. <laughs> and Anne, I noticed you have something with you. Um, yes, I am getting ready to go on a little hike. And therefore, I am my hat, my exercise clothes. And I'm in my normal place um, with my cup of water and my favorite cup that my daughter gave me for my birthday a few years ago. <laughs> were fabulous, which I love. Um, and it's much cooler here in North Carolina. Um, we were experiencing 100 degrees about four days ago, and now it's dropped to the um, high 70s. So I'm getting ready to go on a nice long walk, and I'm excited, very excited. Yeah, well, this is where I did my walk this morning. Um, I am in the North Woods, uh, technically Wisconsin, about 50 miles south of Duluth Superior. And this morning, one of the unique things on my walk was uh, I heard the turkey, the wild turkeys. The other day, I saw the bald eagle fly right over me. This morning, I also saw two deer. So that was my walk this morning. And I'm definitely in a cooler place than Miami. When I woke up, I think it was 47 degrees, um, but it will be up close to 80 today, so a little different. So take a moment, take a deep breath, be aware of your surroundings, as Megs Colleen loves to say, without judgment, just have awareness. And we're going to talk today about an interesting topic. Um when we first started thinking about this topic, we were toying with the idea from the quote from Roan, who says, you are the average of the five people you hang around with. And then we started doing some digging and thinking, mm, is that really true or isn't that really true? And so um, when you start looking at that, uh, basically, we wanted to talk about the impact of the people you surround yourself with. What, what's that impact and give you an opportunity? And I'm actually going to give you a little bit of a process, um, which I laid out in my blog of 
how to maybe take a look at this um, and be intentional about looking at it. And I think that's that's the piece that I think we're both really committed to. Um, the I'm going to start with just one little piece about a man by the name of Dunbar, um, who's a researcher and a professor in England, in the UK. And there's something called the Dunbar number, which is uh, 150. <laughs> and the idea is that the human brain has only the capacity to sort of be in relationship, remember, to attend to 150 individuals. But then everything you read being all the time it, it drives me ah, you've got these older homes sorry sorry about that i forgot to close one of my windows um and but what's interesting is everything you read about it says well maybe really it's not 150 maybe it can go up to 200 or whatever so i find it interesting that's sort of how all of the research in this area is is they're not in agreement but what they are in agreement about is that it does have an impact. And one of the things that was most interesting, I think, that both Anne and I read was that it not only has an impact on you, who you're friends with. So I'm friends with Anne. So how Anne and I relate, that's a relationship. But it's also Anne's friends and Anne's friends of friends. So three degrees out. Um, they still have an impact and in particular in certain areas. And one of which I think that we both are super interested in is happiness. So, um, so I think that's sort of part of our message today is who you hang with makes a difference and taking some time to reflect on who you hang with could be an important thing. And exactly how does that look? Um, because, it has an impact on you daily. I think any parent has said to their children at least once, <laughs> I know I have, and I'm sure you have, and, and we're both educators, so we've said it to kids, who you hang out with lends to your reputation. And so that's, whether that's sort of a good thing or a bad thing or whatever, that's sort of the reality of things. And you have some thoughts to sort of start out here? Yes, um, there is so much research on this topic and most of the research, the findings are all the same, how it is true that the people we surround ourselves with have an impact on our behavior and on our self-image and on our thoughts and beliefs. And the most interesting article that I read this past week about this topic is written by David Burkus. And that was the article about you are not the, the um, result of the average of the five people you surround yourself with. It goes much more beyond just the five people. It's much deeper than that. So I recommend that article um, to our listeners. I remember as a teenager, my mother, who, by the way, was extremely strict, um, she always said birds of a feather flock together. And she was very um, aware of, you know, who I was hanging around with and what were those 
what were those people like? Not just the girls, but the boys. And she was always reminding me of how it would affect my reputation, which is something you just alluded to. I find it very interesting that as we grow older, that this becomes, for some of us, um, more difficult because it our, our friends group changes. I mean, it evolves. And there's so much emphasis on our careers during certain parts of our our lives that a lot of our friends come from people we're around at work. And I have a, a personal example of that that just happened recently. And for those of you who have been listening to us since the beginning, you know that I just left education back in February of this year. And I was finding myself um, surrounded by a lot of wonderful people, but I, I was not happy. I, I was not finding people that I had anything in common with. I was around a lot of people who were um, negative and depressed and I just didn't have anything in common with. And I was around a lot of people complaining all the time. And even if you are not complaining or expressing negativity or experiencing depression, when you're around that all the time, it becomes all consuming. And one thing that I've noticed a lot since I have removed myself from that environment is um, I'm not experiencing all of those thoughts anymore. Uh, so my surroundings had a lot to do with the anxiety that I was experiencing and the unhappiness that I was experiencing because I had to work so hard to notice positivity. I mean, I had to do so much thought work and so much mind mindset work because I was going into an environment where others were just focused on, on negativity. Um, and I also want to address our listeners who are experiencing a separation or divorce. Your relationship circle greatly changes during this transition. We tend to find ourselves in relationships when we're married. Um, we tend to find ourselves being close friends with other married couples. And then once you separate and are divorce, you lose a lot of those friends. You either keep some of those friends or you lose them and they remain friends with your ex-spouse. And it's hard. I, I believe it, it's harder to to connect with other women the older you get. I'm finding that. So I really want to urge our listeners to be cognizant of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Because we also, a lot of us find ourselves only socializing with family members. And just because they're family members doesn't mean that we necessarily have everything in common with them. So how is that affecting you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not only that, um, I have, well, like you, you're an only child. I have a very small family, right? And I have 
two sons and one daughter-in-law and two grandsons that most of the year live halfway across the country from me. So yeah, I think, I think too, the thing for me is not only did I, there were there a lot of changes when I got divorced um, in terms of the relationships I had, because like you said, we build so many of them through work or our neighborhood where we live is another place I think a lot of people do. But I think the other thing that we do is um, I have had jobs until this last five, six years. I've been in jobs like that are a little bit more like Anne has been where you're not with the same people day in and day out, right? I was, when we worked in North Carolina, we were traveling to different schools. Um, we had different colleagues that we would work with. We did have colleagues that we would meet periodically, um, but there was a lot of fluctuation in terms of who we were around. It wasn't like when I was a classroom teacher and I was with the same teachers every day, day in and day out. And that really changed how I built relationships. So I think the one thing to keep in mind when a parent calls me too, or someone I'm talking to, one of the questions I ask often is, do you have at least one close friend? right? We seem to think that we have to have a lot, but the research also does indicate having at least one, one place that we feel safe, one friend we feel safe with, one that I would call an intimate, um, that's important. So, so here's a little diagram that I'm going to invite our listeners. I know if you're listening and not watching us on YouTube, you can't see it, but I'm going to walk you through it a little bit. Um, Let's go this way. So in the very center is you. And then as you go out is what we call intimate friends. And this is a place I think we, the research is pretty consistent, which sort of surprised me. Um, that's typically about five to seven people. Um, and those are people that you could call in the middle of the night, people that you feel like you can trust, that have your back, Um I often think because I'm a woman and maybe Anne, Thelma and Louise, right? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of the, the piece that I think about when I think about this one sometimes. Um, and, and so I think inviting you to think about what are the characteristics of someone you would call an intimate friend is a great place to start, right? You need to decide that. And think about the five to seven people in your life that you would consider intimate friends. Now, I'm guessing, Anne, that you would consider your present husband as one of those. <laughs> so it doesn't exclude including family members because as you see, the next circle out is friends and family. But, but our whole family probably isn't in there, right? Even though I have a very small family, um, you know, I would definitely say I'm probably a little more closer when I, when my kids were younger, I might've been closer to my older son now that they're older and he's married and has, is in a relationship. Um, I'm probably a little closer to my younger son. So it just, I think that's the other piece I think we want you to think about is this is fluid. 
this is not set in stone the way it's always going to be. So if you're feeling sort of alone and lonely, that's another thing to start thinking about. What kind of an intimate friend would you like? Where might you find one? How would you develop that relationship? The next circle out is friends and family. And then the next one out, this is sometimes called the spheres of influence, is acquaintances. And if I had to list, this is where Dunbar comes in. This is where the 150 fits in. I am guessing I have way more than 150. Just because of the jobs I've had, because of the roles I've played, because of how many times I've moved. Um, but, but those also may change. But the other piece that I'd like you to look at is in this bottom corner down here. And that is quarantine, which Anne and I have talked a little bit about this before. Um, quarantine is this idea. There are times in our life when certain relationships are not healthy for us. They're not serving us. And it doesn't mean the relationship is over. I mean, we've talked a lot about how our relationships with our ex-spouses have changed as we've gone through our, when, during the divorce, after the divorce, um, now Anne's remarried. Um, I'm, oh gosh, I don't even know, probably almost 20 years on the other side of divorce. You know, I've probably been divorced longer than I was married now. Um, so quarantine is this idea that also, as you look at your relationships, and if you agree that they influence you, there are times when you may need to look at some of the people in your life and quarantine them for a period of time. It doesn't mean you're never going to have a relationship. It may mean that they come back in as a friend or maybe they move to an acquaintance or maybe long term they may even be able to move back to being intimate. I don't see that happen very often, <laughs> but at least it's this idea why I think this is, especially when you're going through a transition, when I see people in recovery, this is one of the things that's very difficult going back into the same environment and being with the same people. And now they are a different person and are trying to be a different person. But this other person has this image of them that they really cannot let go of. And so I think that's a great example of what I think of as quarantine is there are times not only do people fluctuate from where they are in terms of intimate to acquaintances, to friends, to, you know, where they are. I notice as I age, some of the ones that were intimate years ago, I'm starting to try and bring them closer to me again. Um, and I think some of them are just because, first of all, we're seeing, we have more time. We're not as involved in our careers. Our children are grown, right? So there's, our focus isn't on our kids. Our focus as much, our focus isn't on our career. So we have this flexible time and we want to reconnect to some of those people. So, Anne, what do you think about that diagram? What are some of your thoughts about it? I think that diagram is a perfect way for us to stop and reflect on our relationships. I am in a very large coaching group that focuses on um, self-image. And one of the key areas 
within that school of self-image is surrounding, specifically the people you surround yourself with. And one thing that the coach encourages us to do is be aware, just like we are sharing with our listeners, be aware of the people that we spend our time with and to know that it's okay to place people in that area of quarantine. Sometimes we do um, outgrow people and they outgrow us, especially when we evolve and like you said, people in recovery or people who are um, improving themselves, whether it be weight loss or um, fitness or, um, you know, furthering their career or whatever. A lot of times people in our circles don't, don't like or don't approve of the changes that we've made in our lives. And those people tend to fall into that quarantine um, section of that diagram. But I do um, agree with you that intimates are very important in our lives and we truly can benefit from just a small group, five to seven people. Those people we know we can depend on in, in any aspect of our lives and at any time. And I've always been a person who has just had a small circle of friends. I've had plenty of acquaintances, but it's just that small group of friends that that remains a constant that serves me and and I serve them. They know that they can depend on me um, to be there for them during any any time, any time that they need me. So. I just want our listeners to know that up-leveling your circle of friends, yeah. that it's, it's a natural part of life. And if your circle is not serving you, you can, you can make that change. You can make a shift. You can create a different circle of friends. And, and that's okay. I'm not encouraging you to cut those people off and say, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've outgrown you. You're not good enough for me. That's not what I'm saying at all. But yeah. I am encouraging you to, to be aware of how influential the people you surround yourself with are in your day to day. Whether you see those people daily, weekly, monthly, or even once a year, when you yeah. are with someone the behavior of that person research shows that the behavior of that person and the emotions of that person, it only takes like three seconds for you to pick up on that person's emotions and that the strongest emotion within a circle of people becomes the emotion and the behavior that the entire group takes on. Yeah. So, I think so let that sink in and think about that because that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's this idea of being not only aware, but looking to have your relationships serve you. I think the other thing, a lot of people right now, social media, right, is consuming a lot of people's times if they're not sort of aware and attending to it. Um, 
So are you hanging around people that that's, that that's their way of relating to you? I mean, I notice where I notice it, of course, because I'm going to bring up food. I do in every conversation we have. Um, like, like I know one of the things that you try to do right now is you've been trying to eat keto to a great extent and for health reasons. And so I notice when I'm around you, right, I'm, I'm also eating a little bit differently because that's just where we're going to go. Those are the restaurants we're going to pick or the kind of meals we're going to pick or, or whatever. At work, I eat with two people that are vegans um, at lunch every day. And so I'm super aware when I sit down to eat with them, how much meat or how much dairy I have on my plate. Right. I mean, it just, it comes to my awareness, right. I think twice about it. Um, so, you know, the, place what's hard for me up here is tradition right we have a lot of traditions around food right here and people so those are all things i thought this was another interesting thing because i think you can't have a relation one one reason some people are acquaintances or family and friends rather than intimates once in a while is a time factor right having an intimate friend let's be real takes time. And I thought this diagram was super interesting in the 200 hours of bonding time per friend to be considered an intimate. That's a lot of time in a busy world, right? Yeah. Even good friends, even casual friends, 50 hours of bonding time per friend. I mean, that's a lot of time. So relationships are going to take time. They take effort. And this idea that we can just have them and not spend any time with people, that's one of the reasons I encourage people to think about what are the characteristics you want in an intimate friend, right? I, personally, one of the ones right now is when I'm having a conversation with somebody, can they put their phone down, right? That's one of the things my kids and I talk a lot about. Can they put their phone down? Can they pay attention to me? I notice this in my office because sometimes somebody's asking me a question and I need to look up something. I find myself most of the time, I try anyway, I don't do it all the time, I'll be honest, is if I turn to my computer, I try to say to them, let me look this up so that they're aware that I'm not just looking at anything, that I'm doing right. something that relates to what we're talking to. So. So I think the big part is, like Anne said, not only do we take on the emotions of those that are immediately in our vicinity, but their friends and their friends too. I mean, that just, that data was like, for me, right? Yes. The influence, how it's contagious, right? We're in this pandemic. It's a great example how contagious all of this is by who we spend our time around. I think this is one of the reasons at the end of a long day for me at work, because of my role, my role is designed for people to come to me when there's an issue. It isn't as often that people come to me, you know, with, I wouldn't say not necessarily, I don't see news as good news or bad news, but that they don't come to me when they're not struggling with something, right? They come because they're struggling and they want an outside opinion. And so I find myself when I get home, I really sometimes don't even want to be around anybody, right? I just, I just need 
that space. So we're not saying you need to surround yourself with people, but we are saying let's look at who we are surrounding ourselves with. So we're getting, actually, wow, the time went fast today. And you have um, any other I just, again, want to circle back and encourage our our listeners and our viewers to pause and reflect on the circle of friends. Is, is your friend group serving you? If not, devise a, a, a plan. Uh, think about as Shelly mentioned, you know, what do you want your intimates to, what characteristics do you want them to have? What do you want your circle of friends group to look like? How do you want those interactions to be? How do you want to, to, um, to express yourself when you're around them and what kinds of, of, um, interactions on a regular basis do you want to have and, and know that it's okay to to desire new friends i mean we do change um and as you were just speaking about how it goes deeper and deeper friends of friends of friends you know there have been times when i've been friends with someone and i meet good friends of theirs and my first thought was, wow, I would never have chosen this person as a friend, ever. Not that that was a bad person. It's just that we didn't have anything in common. I, that person would not have served me well, would not have served them well as a friend. No. So it, it really does make a difference. And take some time to do some reading on this. I mean, so much research has been done. And, and I will tell you, I, I know that we, we do cater to women. And, and that is why we created this podcast, to create a community for women to feel safe. But there is one thing that my husband has said over and over. And, and he is a very successful businessman, Um and he says over and over, you're not going to be successful in business if you surround yourself with people who are not successful in their careers. There's a lot of truth to that. And you can change those words. And it's still the same. You are not going to find um, a su successful group of friends with people who don't have any, you don't have anything in common with. Yeah. So think about that. Just be honest and don't think, well, I've been friends with her since we were in middle school. It's been a long time for those of us who are my <laughs> age since we've been in middle school. A lot of life has happened. It doesn't mean you have to be friends with that person for life. It doesn't mean you have to cut that person off. It just means we want you to think about yeah. what it is that you desire and want in your life. It is okay to level up and and move forward. That's all we're encouraging you to think about. Yeah, the one um, the one piece of research I started uh, my blog with and some of the resources that we've talked about are on my blog this week. So um, feel free to scoot on over there. Um, and and the article Anne mentioned, I think, is there's a link in there for that as well. Um, but one of the researchers said about 90 that he 
predicts that about 95% of our success or failure has to do with who we hang out with. And that was like, whew, right? I, I talked to Ann before about my friends in high school. There, there was no doubt we were all going to college or going to school. I mean, it just was so interesting to me. I mean, it just never even crossed our minds that we wouldn't do that, right? That's the group I hung hang with. And we all did. But my my son was one of these kids that he would hang with different groups every day at lunch. Like one day he had lunch with this group, like what he would call the jocks or whatever. And the next day he hung out with what he would call the nerds. And then the next group he would hang out with the kids that everybody thought were, you know, sort of on the fringe of life. And so he really tried to cultivate and figure out um, exactly where he wanted to be and where he fit in. So quite interesting. So as Anne said, take some time this week. Just think about it. Think about who you hang with. And many times, I think one of the things that Anne just did in the transition she made out of education, she kept saying repeatedly over and over, I want to be around women who, come on, Anne, who what? who are positive and who like to be around uh, other positive people. And, and, and honestly, I said, who like pretty things and who want to, um, you know, appreciate the beauty of life, the beauty in this world. Yeah. And, and now I am, now I am. And it's amazing. And we'll talk about that in a later podcast, but you know, I, I cannot tell you how much positivity I have been around in the last few months. Yeah. And it's a totally different environment. And I'm not bashing education. No. I could, no. but I'm not. But it's <laughs> just, you have to decide what it is you want. And if you determine that there is something that is not serving you and you have a way to change your circumstances, yeah. because we always don't have an opportunity to change our circumstances. We have to learn to deal with our circumstances. And I've been there too. Yeah. But if you can change your circumstances, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's the name of the game right now. I just, I was thinking when we were talking about this topic, how many times you made reference to the kind of people you wanted to be around, right? Yes. Positive yeah. people. I mean, it's one of the reasons I hang with why I stay with uh, the meditation group that I do sort of on Sunday mornings um, just because and now it's once in a while there had been men and whatever, but it seems to have kind of this core group of women are there on a regular basis. Um, but the discussion is always super interesting. So we're going to I wanted to share with you um, something that and and this was actually <laughs> Night before last, no Photoshop, no filters. Um, this is this is why this is partly my happy place. Um, because at night, every night, I take time when there's clouds, a little bit of clouds, and it's not raining. I take time to sit and watch the sunset. And yes, that's a real photograph just off of my phone. Um, it doesn't quite look the same on the photograph, the colors as it does in real life, but it's just so serene. So I wanted to leave you with that today. Check us out. Remember, you can find us on Instagram. Anne is Anne underscore Calcut, and I am Miami Ed Guru. Um, we'll have a link to the show 
shortly on there. Um, and I will also, and I've already posted a link to the blog, which has some additional resources in it for you. So feel free to do that. Um, I want everyone to just this week, take some time to think about what is it you want in the folks that surround you. And remember, people are probably going to be, if I've been with somebody for 20 years, they're going to probably wake up tomorrow being the same person they've always been. So the only one in that equation I have any control over is me. And I need to maybe start asking myself, how, where do I want to take control of my life? And where do I have some possibilities to do that? Anne, any last thoughts? I hope that each and every listener has a wonderful week. Please take time to pause and reflect on all things positive. And remember, you are in control of yourself. Please, please remember that. Let us hear from you. And remember to share our podcast information and our Instagram information with at least one person this week so that we can continue to build this community. And thank you for listening. Yes. Reach out to those intimates and have them join us. Yeah. See you next week. Bye.